Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Tonight at 5 p.m. at Axel Brewing Co- Company on Livernois, join Ryan Patrick Hooper and Amanda LeClaire of Culture Shift to celebrate spring here in Detroit. It's an after-work happy hour, again, from 5 to 7 p.m. You can win tickets to upcoming shows and meet other Culture Shift listeners while grooving to a playlist that was curated by Amanda and Ryan. For more information, go to wdet.org slash events. When's the last time you remember a music video, a single stretch of a few minutes of film set to song, that transfixed a large segment of America? Something you watch over and over, trying to decipher all the messages from lyric and image, trying to find out what it was about the artist and the work that captures our collective attention and conversation in a way that creates a cultural moment. Think of videos like Michael Jackson's Thriller or Kurt Cobain leading Nirvana through those opening strains of Smells Like Teen Spirit. This week, Childish Gambino, which is the performance name that actor, comedian, television, and movie star Donald Glover iterates, released This Is America during a performance on Saturday Night Live. Let's take a listen to that song. In the video, Glover, as Childish Gambino, presents a powerful and dizzying stream of images that represent the boldest statements on race and inequality that I have seen recently in pop culture. Glover is shirtless throughout the video and dancing enthusiastically with a group of five others who are dressed as teens in what appear to be school uniforms. But their movements, mostly precise iterations of popular dances, are a purposeful distraction from what's going on in the background, which alternates between chaos and rioting and symbolic representations of foreboding and doom. In the video, Glover also executes a musician with a handgun, and he shoots a a church choir with an assault weapon. And each time, the gun that he uses is handled with far more care and respect than his victims. The themes in the video call on many of the struggles that face African-Americans today. Violence, fear of the police, appropriation of popular black culture as a distraction. But they are melded into stark criticisms of America more generally. It is a strong and stunning condemnation of our collective sense of confusion and indifference to the things that happen around us. And in some cases, a rather crafty look at the ways in which our sense of self today as Americans, and especially as black Americans, is so confounded by our history. When Glover executes the musician, for instance, 
he pulls the trigger as he is posing in a similar stance to an historical cartoon drawing of Jim Crow, which was originally a racist stereotype, but later became the name of the U.S. policy of segregation. At another point in the video, he refers to cell phones as a tool, while blindfolded figures in the background point their phones at the chaos unfolding around them. They don't want to see what they're filming and presumably broadcasting to others. This is America, he says, over and over, unleashing layered indictments of the very idea of our nation as freedom or equality-loving, displaying all the ways in which hypocrisy swallows the dream of the nation's founding, as well as its 242 years of existence. This is America. We want to spend the hour today talking not just about this video, but about the context in which it debuts, as various forms of inequality seem to have found new breath and life, but also continue to face relentless challenge. Joining us from Washington, D.C. is Panama Jackson, a co-founder and a senior editor of the website Very Smart Brothers. Panama, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Also with us is Dream Hampton. She's a native Detroiter who's also a filmmaker and writer and has covered the music industry and hip-hop for more than 25 years. Dream, welcome to Detroit Today. Good morning. Hi. So I want to start with the sort of insatiable nature of watching uh, this video. I can't stop watching it. Why can't I stop watching it? And what is Donald Glover trying to tell us with this piece of art? Dream, I'll start with you. I think one of the reasons you can't stop watching it is because Glover is such an incredible performer. Um, you talked about the precise way that he executes the dances mm-hmm. that choreographer Sherry Silver um, has given him, likely they collaborated on. And yes, in those dances, you're seeing him do some super modern dances mixed with some clear references to old pictures of like cakewalking and minstrel. Mm-hmm. Like there, you can I've seen pictures online do side by side, you know, free shots of of Donald Glover in a pose, particularly the one before he executes the first. Um, he executes a man in the very first few seconds of the video, mm-hmm. and and there's a pose that he hits that is very much it, it's it's just from another era. It's yeah. a, a postcard that you can like hold as a freeze frame next to it, but it's his face. Um, it's some of the faces that he makes. He um, that kind of that go between like this idea of joy and. So this this idea of black joy that we're all kind of chasing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, trying to find some of it in our daily lives, <laughs> um, and and this idea of of performing, you know, a different kind of American ritual, which is violence. Um, that vacillation is incredibly compelling, and and Donald Glover just wears it on his face, and then it's just really done. I mean, he and Hero have set up a soundstage that is this journey you know it, it's like the cv is just it's very simple you think you're watching something really simple and mm-hmm. and it's so not you have to watch it four or five times 
to see everything um, that's happening in the frame. Yeah. You know, I, I have found myself trying to make myself watch the video without watching him or the dancers with him. In other words, that's just to good, yeah. take in what's in the background. And it's it's actually pretty hard to do that, right? Because uh, because what he's doing is uh, so compelling and and purposely purposefully distracting as I, as i said but but what do you think he's trying to say uh, uh what is he trying to say with this video uh, a lot of the people that i see talking about it online are having uh you know pretty robust discussions about the messages here uh, i've seen some arguments uh, but i've also seen a lot of confusion uh about what he's what he's trying to say what 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 do you think he's trying to tell us here I mean, I don't want, I think that art should be experienced as, like, we should be allowed to project, you know, our ideas onto a piece of art. Like, that's part of of participating in art, right? Mm -hmm. And so, to try, because Donald Glover hasn't made very many statements about this piece of art. Donald Glover made a lot of statements about Kanye West last week on Saturday Night Live, (laughs) but Childish Gambino has been very silent about this particular piece of work, and I think that itself is intentional. But, I mean, I'm reminded of this moment when Twitter, black Twitter mostly, um, black people on Twitter who are are very, like, you know, like every platform, Twitter is user-sensitive, and I can remember when people on Twitter, black folks on Twitter, demanded that these previews of videos be halted. That, that, and and that means that what was happening uh, four or five years ago was before Mike Brown, but especially after Mike Brown, was that there were videos of black death. There were videos being shared of police violence and terror that were being shared, and there was a way that you could not... It just came up on your feed. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the users of Twitter demanded of the platform that they create a function that disallowed that from happening. You would have to, it, it was a tiny little move on the on the platform's part, but it made all of the difference. And they were demanding that because they were being forced to look at black death at all times of day and night um, without their consent. And it was incredibly violent, this experience. It was in itself an abuse. And there was lots of conversations about what it meant. People talked about, I don't share these kinds of videos and images, but here's a link if you want to see what happened, or here's an article that describes it as opposed to me showing it. There were people who made those kinds of decisions on the platform, and we had to make those kinds of decisions because these videos were everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Panama, same question to you about uh, what you think is so compelling uh, about this video that 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 people don't seem to be able to stop watching, and then you know what is what is Donald Glover trying to tell us here? Those are very good questions. Um, it's compelling because I, I'm in that confused camp. To be honest with you, <laughs> I don't love it. Okay. Um, I don't hate it, but I'm not. I wasn't the the rush to brilliance um, part of the rush to brilliance crowd. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that's part of why it's so compelling. I'm still trying to process what exactly it is I've been looking at and what it all means. Right. Um, you know, is it, is it the, the desensitization of, you know, like we, we, we see all these images, but we're dancing through it anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. We're just, 
you know, that's what everyday life is as a black person in America. You just kind of try to make the best of it. Um, you know, the, the whole pop culture zeitgeist that all of that is represented in everything that we're currently dealing with in America. Right. The the violence all around us and all the political the political angling of all of it. The use of it is as, as, as art that that, you know, people do unintentionally by filming all these things, you know, like the, the way that all these things move together. And at the same time, I think the song is almost kind of terrible. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, and this is going to be somewhat controversial. I feel mm-hmm. like it's almost a, I feel like if Kendrick Lamar did it, it would be better. Hmm. And because it sounds like a song Kendrick would have done, but better. So I think I struggle with it in that end because I'm watching it from this lens. So taking it all in, that's that's why that's why I'm like you. I've watched it a million times because I'm st- I'm always trying to process You're it. Trying to get more uh, out of. I'm what's I'm going I'm looking on. for that thing that everybody else told me was super brilliant about it, even while I can acknowledge that just because I don't get it, it could be right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so so you mentioned Kendrick Lamar, and I think that's an actually it's actually a really important reference here uh, because. A few years ago, his song "All Right" and the video for that sort of echoed a lot of the same themes that we see here yeah. in, uh, in in this video. I, I, I don't, I actually don't think that video is quite as layered uh, as as this is America, and right. I'm not sure that the message is. But uh, but I mean that sort of raises uh, the the some of the points that you're making here is that is that uh, other artists have have played in this space before other black artists have played in this space before I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is what is it about this that seems to have resonated not just with African Americans but with an awful lot of uh, with a lot of white folks as well I mean timing is everything right um, I also think that because these conversations persist right now like the, the race is it's so funny because of who's in office, but race is like the the preeminent conversation that keeps happening. Mm-hmm. It's it's showing up in media outlets that would otherwise used to stay away from these things, but very aggressively. Right. So these conversations are happening everywhere. So the depictions that exist within this video, they're jarring, but they're jarring for anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Donald Glover, oddly, probably has a pretty sizable white fan base of people that pay attention to him because of where he came from. Like, I think he's only recently become this like sign of black culture sure. through Atlanta and you know through Awaken My Love like I don't always think that I've always viewed him as this this artist that you know focused on blackness as much even though he's a black man so he that's what he's doing by you know innately mm-hmm. but I think because of who's paying attention and how it debuts on SNL and how you know it brought in everybody into a conversation I think otherwise would have only existed within our community because that's typically who's going to pay attention to this stuff. But where it happens and how it shows up is determines who's all paying attention to it. And sure. you got everybody talking for that reason. Yeah. Uh, Dream, I want to I want to have you place this uh, more firmly in the context of hip hop, which is what you've been writing about and, and making films about for 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 25 years. Um, well, not quite. <laughs> right? I haven't cared about hip-hop for two decades. So, I, but yes, no, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I can't think of a, anything to that this compares to in yeah. my mind. You know, recently, even, it, I, I heard what you said in your intro when you set it up and you invoked Michael Jackson and other videos. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hear that as an event, but obviously... 
this is doing something. Yeah, very different, substantively. Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I remember these conversations around Beyonce's video, that first video for Lemonade, where the New Orleans police um, car sank. <laughs> what Can you guys help me out with what video that was? Um, Formation. Formation, yeah. Um, yes. Okay, and so I can remember some of these conversations. That was a lot more didactic, kind of literal, you know, and I would say this, I think, in Kendrick's hands, you know, just to continue this idea of, like, what it would have been in Kendrick's hands. It would have been something quite literal, you know, Mm -hmm. and Childish Gambino, you know, whose name comes from this Wu-Tang generator who is probably, like in another era, probably would have continued, like he would have been in the native tongues, say. He would have been down with Q-Tip in a tribe called Quest or mm-hmm. De La Soul. He would have been a part of some other kind of, like, tradition in hip-hop. But he is an Atlanta native, and he is, um, and, and of course, Outkast comes from Atlanta, but what we have right now um, coming out of the source, the South is what's dismissively called, you know, mumble rap, mm-hmm. but which is very much this idea of something that like Busta used to do. If you want me to like bring up old hip hop <laughs> references from back when I cared about hip hop twenty years ago, I mean, this idea of drumming with one's mouth, you mm-hmm. know, so mm-hmm. that um, and your voice being this instrument, so that what's happening in the song itself, and I do. I was able to actually experience the song because I watched the SNL performance because I was expecting a send-up of Kanye this weekend. Mm -hmm. And that's how we spent last weekend, kind of in consternation over Kanye's performance. Which, by the way, we're talking about this video having all these elements of, like, minstrelsy in it. And last week, a lot of us were using the word coon Mm -hmm. to describe Kanye and Mm -hmm. his kind of public performance. Um, and his public embrace of the radical right wing last week. Um, and then here, this video drive, and I literally was only watching SNL expecting to see something. I didn't know that Donald Glover, or I forgot he was going to be the guest. Um, and the song itself, to me, held up. It has this beautiful West African high life at the beginning, yes. you know. It drops into this, like, you know, base that's a little further south, actually, than Atlanta, like this deep Miami base. And then he's doing this thing that Future and other rappers from Atlanta like depend on, which is their voice as an instrument. It yeah. really kind of doesn't matter what they're saying. Which maybe Kanye was trying to make that point with his poop to the scoop, whatever he put out last week. So I mean, there's there's a lot that's happening in this moment. I think there's also. I just want to get back to that moment where he kills the choir. Because I don't know if listeners who've not seen the video kind of understand what's happening. I mean, one of the first things that happens is he kills this man who's hooded, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Executes him from the back of his head at a time when we are looking at confirmations um, from, you know, the floors of D.C. um, over a woman who's to be appointed to the CIA who, you know, destroyed memos of torture, who... Um, I mean, we we have memories of fleas in America, but Abu Ghraib mm-hmm. um, is something that people from the Arab world would never forget, right? Um, for black soldiers, those, like, moments may have reminded them of, say, the Chicago PD, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, who tested out a lot of the, the kind of torture um, 
devices, quite frankly, strapping. I don't want to be too offensive to your listeners, but, you know, doing things like taking black men who'd been arrested and, mm-hmm. and strapping their testicles to batteries. Right. Like, this is something that was happening in Chicago Police Department that's made, that made its way to Abu Ghraib and that we all saw almost as a postcard moment, not unlike lynching. I mean, that Abu Ghraib, when people don't remember what Abu Ghraib was because we have the memories of fleas, yeah. you say, oh, it's the guy who was hooded and there was a white soldier, a woman holding a German shepherd, and they go, ah, because that is a snapshot, this postcard of, like, American near history. Yeah. And then there's this moment where he guns down a choir, yes. right? And then that, of course, invokes Dylan Roof's execution of, of, um, of churchgoers who were at Bible study and who 48 hours or 72 hours after he'd been arrested, black people lined up one after another in court to say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. There was this like demand, this microwave idea of forgiveness, this burden that we bear, not only to be the victims of extreme violence in this country and racial violence, but then to immediately forgive America for this nonstop sin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to continue our conversation about the social commentary in modern music, and specifically in the video, This Is America. Of course, we want to hear from you. What did you think of this video? What do you think of the messages in it? Can you, like me, not stop watching? Or tell us about a music video or song that moved the way you thought about something in the past. Does art have an impact on the way we think about things, or is it purely a reflection of society? Also, remember, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Just go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today, and uh, you can listen whenever you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Panama Jackson. He is the senior editor and co-creator of VerySmartBrothers.com. Also with us is Dream Hampton, a music and culture writer, filmmaker, and community organizer, also a native of Detroit. We are talking about the video, the music video, This Is America, which debuted this weekend, has Uh, attracted more than 60 million views since it debuted. Uh, Lots of people, including myself, unable to stop watching this video, trying to dissect the images and messages that are in it and make sense of them in the context of Uh, the society that we live in today, the things that we see in the news. We want to hear from you what you thought of this video. If you're watching it as frequently as I am, are you taking messages away from it that make you think differently about America in 2018 or about our history? As always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, Put your comments there uh, or go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, I want to go back to something you were just talking about before the break, Dream, uh, this this scene uh, where uh, Childish Gambino uh, takes an assault weapon and kills a church choir. Um, 
and there's no question that's a direct reference, I think, to, to, to what we saw happen in Charleston with Dylan Roof killing nine people uh, in a black church. But what the choir is singing at that point, I think, is also significant. Um, and and uh, I'm not sure if it's so much if it's a criticism or an observation that he's making. But they're saying over and over again, uh, Grandma said, uh, get, your, get your money. Black man, get your money. Uh, and then he turns with the assault rifle and, and kills him. I want to talk about what, what that imagery is. Uh, and it seems to me that there are several points in the video where we see similar kinds of very layered messaging. Uh, he's calling not just on one thing, but on, on several. Uh, Dream, I'll start with you. I mean, I th- <laughs> cash rules everything around me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, um, I mean, capitalism, you know, in the end, um, as a driving, as this thing that wakes us up in the morning, um, this idea that as, as hellish as this landscape can be for black people, um, that there is this opportunity to um, succeed on a capital level. I, I mean, I'm assuming, I don't want to read too much into this sure. as if I've never listened to hip-hop and don't know that things can just be blurted out. <laughs> yeah, <set. right. laughs> You know, I mean, he, the, the grandma part is that I'm from the South mm-hmm. and this, this is going to be the reference, um, not like my boys on the corner say, get your money. <laughs> right. um, but... I mean, yeah, that, that ultimately we are here to consume and be consumed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Panama, uh, do you think this is, is this effective art? Is this uh, a messaging that, that can resonate beyond the sort of fascination with uh, the video uh, itself or, or uh, the debate over what he's saying? Is it, is it the kind of thing that can move the needle on a on a bigger scale? I think yes and no. I mean, it's definitely effective art because consider the conversations that are happening about it around. I mean, you said it's been viewed over 60 million times, mm-hmm. right? That doesn't happen if something isn't effective. And it doesn't happen if a conversation... Well, I guess it can happen. I mean, Migos probably. I mean, their, their videos. <laughs> but Bad and Bougie was a great song. <laughs> but, um, like, I think because of the messaging behind it and people trying to come to grips with it and discuss it and talk about it, it's it's effective. It has done the, what art is supposed to do, generate conversations, um, or one thing art is supposed to do, generate conversations and, and create discussions around what it all means and mm-hmm. what if it means anything. Because that's, again, that's always my the, the first thing that I go to when I'm looking at stuff like this. Like, does this actually mean anything or is it just... Or is it just an artist who had great ideas or not good ideas and decided I'm going to do them because I can? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the other end of it... Um, you know, I think if it wasn't for the fact that we live in such a microwave culture of, of you know, whatever the next big thing. If Kanye comes out and says something crazy today, this this video doesn't even matter, right? Like, it's going to be all Kanye again for the next week, right? And I think that's the struggle nowadays with the way these, which could be also one of the points of the video, right? How we're just kind of moving through life, like another thing happens and we're on to the next thing. Sure. We're dancing our way to the next big catastrophe or calamity, whatever's going on. Um so I think it's possible that it could have more resonance outside of the video itself and in, in, in what it means 
um, in, in, in the messaging and in, in, in how we interpret it and how that impacts the way that we view other things. But it could also just be a video that for the for the week in the past, you know, the past couple of days, it just it dominates the conversation. And then we're on to the next thing when something big happens, because something that's, you know, distracts us, yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> right. I work, you know, I work and I write daily about what's going on in black America specifically. And it's amazing how things that seem so huge on Monday are irrelevant on Tuesday because <laughs> something new is huge on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. So. That would be no. true if you wrote about D.C. <laughs> like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, or yeah. just, you know, I mean, there, and I, when I look, you know, having the, the benefit of being in kind of a, a virtual newsroom with what we do at The Root and with VSB, you know, we see the stories that we're talking about, and it's like, oh, this is going to take over everything because this is so ridiculous. You know, so the music video and the art in which it exists and, and the way that we listen to these songs, you know, I don't know. I don't know how far this is going to go. Also, because it's not attached to an album, I think, that we'd be listening to. It's a one-off. It seems like a one-off song that, right. you know, if you're not searching for that song, you won't just happen to listen to it. Yeah. So. At, yeah. at the same time, uh, Dream, you know, I, I feel sometimes like we're in this uh, this rarefied space, I think, of uh, where, where black-generated art uh, is piercing beyond uh what what it normally is able to do in other words that that um if you think of uh kendrick lamar for instance winning the pulitzer prize if you think of uh jordan peele winning an oscar uh, for for get out it it seems as though this sort of moment of black art is uh, you know leaking out into into spaces that that um that we don't always see it, uh, that we don't always see it leak out into. And I think this video kind of follows along that trail. I think some of that speaks to, like, the genre kind of growing up and into just being institutional, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, this is a genre that rappers used to proudly, back when I listened to it, used <laughs> to proudly talk about, like, not going to the Grammys. Like, that used to be an actual dance you know what i mean that people took and and now you know this year i can remember q-tip making a video almost crying about not being nominated for a grammy right <laughs> um and and i'm also thinking about you know rachel katsigansa who just won a pulitzer mm -hmm. for her gq her epic you know yes. gq profile of dylan roof yes and because of that choir scene, um, which invokes Dylan Roof, and it, it invokes the immediate way that we forgave um, him, and at least performed forgiveness. And so, I mean, th that's a part of, like, hip-hop just becoming entrenched in the mainstream. I disagree in that this video is going to um, disappear. I mean, this hero, you know, who's a Japanese filmmaker, Japanese-American filmmaker, um, and and Childish Gambino, Donald Glover, have created a kind of visual sculpture that we are looking at from all kinds of angles and, and looking at the layers of it and will be four generations. I think that um, this is an actual piece of art, you know, in this medium of music videos, and we've not seen that since, say, someone like Madonna. Yes, yes. Um, so, no, I think that this is an important piece of work and will remain one, whether there are visceral feelings that one's going to have. One, it, 
I think that what you were dealing with um, earlier when you were talking was about this idea of the reaction to it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, this this idea of like experiencing the audience and even this idea of having heard how wonderful it is and then shutting down, like, it's not that great, you know? <laughs> and and I encourage folks to, like, unplug <laughs> from social media <laughs> for long swaths of time. I mean, my Facebook has been, I don't know, deactivated <laughs> for more than a year. Instagram's my favorite platform. I deactivated that. I've been off Twitter regularly for three years. So there's this way that you can experience art without having hmm. the kind of noise of social media um, in your head and ear that is quite different than, you know, having the immediate kind of conversations and think pieces that happen on social media. Sure, sure. Um, and I recommend that with this piece, um, mm. to not read all of the think pieces. And Although, you know, <laughs> there was a really great one on Very Smart Brothers that yeah. you wrote. Brothers, <laughs> yes. So that was amazing. Um, that considered, you know, the biography of Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think yeah. this piece, I think this piece will stand the test of time and, yeah. and may even win some awards. We're, we're going to talk about uh, Panama Jackson's piece about this in, in the next segment, but uh, I want to get to calls. We got a lot of folks who want to join this conversation. And again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's go to Al in Detroit. Al, welcome to Detroit today. Hi, guys. Hey. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my woke up in Cody and so forth. Um, thanks, uh, Steve, for taking my call. Uh-huh. Um, there's a couple of things I want to bring up about this video. Cause I saw it yesterday because it was brought up. I missed SNL, and it was brought up on another talk show. Okay, you mentioned Kendrick Lamar. I think it's different because in Kendrick Lamar, Kendrick Lamar doesn't say, this is America. Child of Humanity says, this is America. Even though you, even though when you listen to lyrics to Kendrick Lamar you, or J. Cole, you know that he, they're talking about black, you know, the black experience. Mm-hmm. It's like if I say, like, this is your mother versus the Mona Lisa. You know, you're looking at women and saying, oh, this is just a woman. Oh, it kind of looks like my mother. Versus, oh, this is my mother. How does, how does this look like my mother? Right, right. And, and then there's another part where in the video where he pans out, because you've seen the video, where he pans out and he's standing on top of the car, and then all these other cars come out. Right. And is that... Um, and that kind of, to me, represent how we talk about in hip hop, how everybody's focused on money, women, and, and cars, and how they're you know just forcing all those stuff. Yeah, and it's remember, a very different kind of uh, representation in this video. Al, you're, uh, I really appreciate your calling and uh, injecting those ideas into into this conversation. I'm not sure about uh, uh, whether there's more code. Uh, in in what Kendrick says than yeah, uh, than I is here. With I'm that not sure I agree with that, but I think that's an interesting. Again, uh, you know, the reactions to this are are sort of all over, all over but, the board. But wait, Stephen, we're in Detroit. Can we talk about that moment with the cars? Because that <laughs> car, I mean, you're right. Those are different cars. These are yeah. relics. These, these are, are rusted the out. Yeah, right. These are like these are not like you know. This isn't a Mercedes Benz and a Jag and a Porsche. These are old Toyotas, old, like, Fords, like, you know, this is America. Like, this is the decline of America. This is a manufacturing, a post-manufacturing. This right. is a time. I mean, you know, it was, that was actually, that reminded me of home. Um, you <laughs> oh. know, I'm, you're, I'm talking to you right now from L.A. where yeah. people wouldn't get caught dead driving a car that was 20 years old <laughs> but where i'm from yeah, the east no, side we do it all the time <laughs> yeah people hold on to their cars as long as they can 
So, I mean, and that was a very, you know, point. You could call it a hipster decision, and I know that he and Hero have those kind of moments and inclinations, but they were absolutely using cars that were not, you know, cool cars. They're not the cars you see in hip-hop videos. No, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, that was, you know, I don't want to read again, as Panama said, too deeply in it, but... That was an interesting moment to yeah, me, too. It was. Okay, uh, Dream Hampton, music and culture writer, filmmaker and community organizer, native of Detroit. Thanks very much for being with us Thank on you, Detroit Stephen. Today. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about This Is America. Panama Jackson is going to stay with us, and we will be joined by David Dennis, Jr., who is an adjunct professor of journalism at Morehouse and a writer for Interactive One. Stay with us on Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Panama Jackson, a senior editor and co-creator of VerySmartBrothers.com. Uh, we're also now joined by David Dennis, an adjunct professor of journalism at Morehouse and a writer for Interactive One. David, welcome to Detroit Today and this conversation. Oh, thanks for having me. I always love being on the show. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about uh, This Is America, the video and song by Childish Gambino, which is the stage name, performance name of Donald Glover, the actor and comedian and uh, writer. Uh, we're talking about the messages that emanate from that video and the song and how they fit into the wider context of the cultural conversations we're having right now in America. As always, if you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and uh, hashtag Detroit Today will work you into the conversation. Uh, Panama, I want to start with uh, an article you wrote this week about this video. It's called Black Life, White Wife and the art caught in the middle. You guys always have such great headlines there at uh, <laughs> Very Smart Brothers. Uh, uh, for, it, it raises the question of whether Donald Glover, a black man who is partnered with and raising children with a white woman, can be a true social commentator on black life and struggle. Uh, it's a very fascinating sort of analysis of the role that this person is playing uh, in this narrative. Tell tell me what attracted you to that particular dynamic here. Well, I got tired of reading all these arguments online that Donald Glover, because of his partner's non-black status, is in any way inauthentically black, mm-hmm. right? Like the you know, and it's 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 rooted in history, right? We struggle. There's been a struggle about like black men and partnering with non-black women and white women in particular, and how that kind of lends itself to some type of sellout ethos. Like we can't, you can't still be a black man, like a real black man, if you don't have a black woman on your arm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's realistic because as a black person in America, you are uniquely qualified to speak on the black experience. But there's a lot of talk about that online. You know, there's it's it's rooted in a lot of hurt in our community. And all. It, it, so it's, it's as layered as that video, right? Yeah. And yeah. I think because of that, I wanted to, the the first thing I thought was, okay, look, Donald Glover is a black man. He can write 
about the black experience and he does it well because he's a, he's a very creative man and he's you know he's an art an artist and all this he's he can do that bar none but i do i am curious about how when you are coupled with a non-black person does that have an impact on the way that you present your art right sure and part of the reason you know this part of the reason why i mentioned jordan peele in an article was that in the movie get out you do not see the deaths of the white women being it, you just it doesn't exist mm. right and i'm and i know he has a white wife and i have no idea if that had any impact on it whatsoever but it, it sticks out it stands out in my mind so in general i'm just curious about how <laughs> who you come home to mm-hmm. and who you you know I would guess bounce ideas off of I know I do it and talk through the ideas that you have, how that in their worldview, if it's so diametrically opposed to yours politically or whatever, even even on the best, even in the best allyship of all time, there's still a very personal end to it. Does that have an impact on the art that's created? And I have no idea. Like, I don't I don't know. But it is a curiosity that I have, because I think for people who are creating such black art, Mm -hmm. um, again, like Donald Glover with the show Atlanta, um, which, you know, is very specifically black. I don't know how you can enjoy it if you're not a black person. Like, I'm sure you can (laughs) just kind of from an artistic end, but it's so steeped in blackness. Mm -hmm. And like how you can listen to how those things are affected by who you come home to when you have racialized art. I mean, these are are great questions and they are not new questions, as you point out. They have uh, been with us for a very long time. David Dennis, uh, talk about uh, both that that internal struggle in black America about who is really black and who owns the story, uh, and then talk about this video and how some of the things that are in the video really raise that question. Yeah, I think, um, you know, part of this is just um, Donald Glover's own history. I mean, I've been a, a Donald Glover slash Charles Gambino fan since he was on Community back in 2009, mm-hmm. and so I followed you know, I think the people have spoken about, you guys have mentioned Kendrick Lamar and things like that. I think of Kendrick Lamar, J. Cole, the people who are not had such a right. troubled history with their own race, mm-hmm. um, with their own blackness, I think you could take the video at face value. But with somebody right. like um, Donald Glover, who has had such a, um inner struggle, he's rapped about his inner struggle, he's written about his stand-up, um, has been a largely about the struggle of being a black guy raised in um, the suburbs of Atlanta who did not feel really secure in his blackness, right? And so um, suddenly, you know, he has this Atlanta show, which is super black, um, and then he has this video, which is also um, extremely black video, speaks directly to black people, and you have to wonder, you know, people are wondering, what does this mean? What is he really saying? Is he poking fun at the dancing? Is he representing you know right. how we dance through the struggle and the problem is taking um his past and sort of juxtaposing it to what he's doing now he said lots of problematic things about um black women he said a lot of problematic things about um asians um he has you know these weird sort of fetishizations of asian women and white women that he has in his past and of course people can evolve but you know we can't sort of eliminate that from the art um all the time and i think that that is what's causing some of the head scratching about what is he really trying to say with with the video Mm -hmm. and he of course is not the only african-american artist who you can sort of look at and say well what is what's their personal experience and and does that really reflect 
what we think of, at least, as sort of mainstream black experience. I mean, think about Beyonce, uh, who, uh, you know, was raised in a middle or upper middle class family. Uh, can she justly comment on on black struggle? I mean, I think you can raise that question about a lot, a lot of people. And, uh, and it's always, you know, in some ways, as you point out, Panama, it's, it's sort of guessing about what role all of that stuff plays in uh, in their decision making and and in their art making. Uh, as always, uh, as I said, three one three five seven seven one zero one nine is the number on the phones. Let's get to some more calls here. Renee in Detroit, welcome to Detroit today. Hello, there, Renee. Yep, go ahead. Oh, hey guys. Hi. Um, great conversation again, Stephen. Thank you so much. Right, like so, black like who is the question? Um, mm-hmm. But I I, I want to just address that I. What um, the first panel just said, I believe, I agree that, um, I mean, you, as a black person, you have license <laughs> to talk about your experience, regardless of who you choose to be as a partner. I mean, that seems to be an intimate relationship. Uh, obviously, this person can identify with you on some level. Do they have to identify with you on every level hmm. for you to be, um, for you to be a spokesperson, a spokesperson? spokesperson for your own experience Mm -hmm. that's one i mean you can still be a spokesperson for your own experience no matter who you decide to um boo up with the other thing is i really really loved the video i thought it was truly an expression um uh, danny glover's expression of of black america the current state of black america um this 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 sense of chaos but also this sense of identity that we found in american violence Mm -hmm. that is a part of our history I mean, it's, and you, that you can't remove it. You can't. Um, you can't go around it. It's there. You have to see it for what it is. Um, and I, and it and it comes out in different forms. It comes out in different expressions. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's so much complexity in it. I just really think it was very skillfully done, mm-hmm. very artistically done, and a, a very um, very loud statement. A yeah. very um, very layered statement. Renee, very well done. Renee, thanks very much for the call uh, and the comments. Let's go to Aaron in Detroit. Aaron, welcome to Detroit today. Hello, hey. is it me, Aaron? Uh-huh. Hi. <laughs> um, I just wanted to um, make a comment, uh, piggyback off the last caller and say that, yeah, very much representative of the black experience, um, kind of like that saying, um, life's uh, an expletive until you die. Um, so at the end, right, he is being chased by the cops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we know how much um, that, how that usually ends or sometimes ends for black men, but also the, um, the representation of like young children dancing and being happy mm-hmm. and having that artistic expression mm-hmm. and then bearing witness to such violence, right? They're there um, when uh, the choir gets gets shot, right? And mm-hmm. then um, also like just people getting shot, right? Like, the, the choir gets shot. Um, the, the person who's, you know, the choir, they're in a safe space. They get shot. Um, this person who has his hood over his head, he's in an unsafe space being tortured. He gets shot. Um, it's just like there, there's, no, there's no safe space. Um, and then I wanted to add to the comment, um, if, if it's okay, uh-huh. um, you'd mentioned um, white spouses or non-black spouses. And uh-huh. I just want to bring Kanye into the conversation, uh-huh. um, who also has a non-white, non-black spouse. Sure. Um, I think that might be something interesting to talk about. Yeah. Too, so. uh, Aaron, uh, thanks very much uh, for the call uh, and the comments. Uh, and I think, again, this, this question of who owns the story or who owns the right to tell the story is is quite old and uh, is sort of new again with with not just Donald Glover, but as you point out, with with someone like Kanye, whose whose chosen expression obviously is much more uh, um, 
is much more problematic than what we're talking about with Donald Glover. Uh, uh, David, uh, Dennis, uh, uh, respond to, to the things that we're talking about here in terms of both Kanye and someone like Beyonce. I mean, it's a it's a complicated uh, question when you when you start asking about whose ownership uh, matters of the black experience. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of that's always been um, the argument of, of who is, quote unquote, really black, who can really speak on black issues. And, if um, you know, there's also, you know, a sort of a patriarchal connection between blackness and poverty. You have to be broke to be able to speak black. If you came <laughs> from the suburbs, you don't have an understanding of a of a black experience. And, you know, I think what we've seen um, with Kanye and, and Donald Glover and Beyonce to to an extent is this public artistic struggle with their blackness, mm-hmm. right? Is trying to work these things out in real time. Um, and I think one of the things with um, that connects sort of Donald Glover and, and, and Beyonce is that they are have removed themselves from the social media, right? Um, and Kanye, for the most part, until he's ready to put out an album, you know, <laughs> so they removed themselves in this space um, intentionally. You know, Donald Glover used to tweet all the time. He deleted all his tweets because, um, you know, you, sometimes you're not allowed to do that in real time sure. without um, people reacting to it. And so they've gone into their corners and they've emerged with these new personalities. Beyonce dropped, you know, um, very pro-black lemonade and all this other art sort of out of nowhere donald glover the same and kanye west had a different different kind of transformation out of nowhere um and so it's interesting to see where they're getting that from but it has been fascinating to see them sort of work that out and kind of land um where they are um in their different you know corners yes yes okay Did I jump in here yeah go ahead Pine. we got about yeah, so, a minute left but go ahead all right i'll make this i'll make this quick <laughs> i think the interesting thing between like donald glover and beyonce versus like a kanye right i i feel like kanye's always been very pretty much steeped in his blackness whether working through it but always very cognizant of it right mm-hmm. it was present in his art he's always mm-hmm. mentioned the the who where he comes from where his family yes. comes from the black all that stuff it's always been very present with donald glover and beyonce which is why i think that's an interesting comparison is that they came to it late in mm-hmm. terms of the active activist end of being black, right? Where right. Beyonce was largely making, in my opinion, very vapid albums for the longest, which had hits on them, but you know, largely it was just to sell records. It's popular music. And all of a sudden, right. yeah, now she's very actively a black person in her art, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's part of who she is, and it's it's being used to to be message music. And I think Donald Glover going that direction is is also is is what is what has happened because I don't really view him in that light. So I think part of the argument and discussion we have about these artists is that, well, where does this come from? And that's why I think videos like this are so they cause so much discussion because it's like, who is this guy that's creating this and why is he creating it now? Like, right. what is the point in all this? Because that's not who he was before. Yeah. No, so that's a great question. I mean, and, and I think that's the question that uh, that we'll have to sort of sort out over the next uh, weeks and months as we sort of take in this art and try to figure out exactly what it means. Panama Jackson, senior editor and co-creator of VerySmartBrothers.com. David Dennis, adjunct professor of journalism at Morehouse and writer for Interactive One. Thank you both for being here on Detroit Today. Thank you. That'll do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.